You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Professor Robert D'Agostino with Do Facts Matter. And I have a few topics I want to discuss uh, today. But before I do, uh, my wife and I got our first vaccine uh, yesterday, uh, and it was a pretty easy process. And uh, I decided to look up the statistics on on, um, COVID, and I came across a couple of interesting things. Obviously, something everyone knows, if you're 70 or older, you're much more likely to uh, fatality, uh, at least the way the CDC counts fatalities, and over 75% are in the 70 years and older. But I was also reading an article about how the CDC has changed the way they count the fatalities. And essentially what the CDC has done since March of 2020 is say, if you have COVID, you have died from COVID. Uh, rather than saying you died with COVID, you died from COVID. And so I had a good friend of mine recently passed, and uh, he was, uh, and listed COVID, he had COVID, uh, that, which is nonsense. He had tremendous health problems, and it, the question was the COVID infection may have, uh, let's speed it up his, his demise by a week or two weeks, but that's all. Uh, and I, so, so counting uh, COVID as the co- cause of death when there's clear comorbidities, which a lot of elderly folks have, clear comorbidities, is uh, inflating those numbers. And you kind of wonder why are they inflating those numbers? Why are those numbers been uh, uh, terribly inflated? And, you, and there's another evidence of that. The flu numbers are way down. <laughs> well, what's going on? Uh, there's virtually no flu deaths, and, and you had these, these code red deaths, uh, and, and uh, the CDC claiming COVID was so infectious, uh, even though the fatality rate generally is not uh, any higher than flu, the overall fatality rate, the infection rate is claimed to be much, much higher. So it seems to me that they might be counting people who are dying from something else as dying from COVID. I don't know, but there's an awful lot of stuff that looks credible to me. Of course, the problem with that is even peer-reviewed studies, even doctors who, who question this, are being censored off the Internet. Uh, Facebook and Twitter and Google are all uh, essentially in, uh, one would say, cahoots with the CDC uh, to convince the American people that they ought to panic. And I, th- I find it quite interesting um, that uh, we have the censorship aimed at the, the same thing, unduly alarming uh, the American population. I mean, a place like Florida, which, which, which dealt with the vulnerable population successfully, relatively successfully, is now being attacked by the Biden administration because they've kept their economy open. And states that uh, had lockdowns and, and, uh, and, and sent their elderly folks with COVID back into lo- uh, extended care facilities like California and New York, particularly New Jersey, Michigan, uh, you know, and, they, and <laughs> they're still going to for more lockdowns, which don't worry, and their fatality rate is a good deal higher than Florida's. So what's going on? Well, obviously, I think uh, I, if, you, if you saw the uh, Tucker Carlson show last night, 
they're out to punish Florida for voting Republican and for not panicking about the COVID-19. And I mean they, I mean the Democrat Party, are their allies. Uh, and that gets me to the next issue. And that's this, the president giving a speech about systemic racism and, and white supremacy theories. This is all absurd. You know, when I'm uh, confronted by a student and they talk about, or, or by a colleague of mine, well, my colleagues avoid me because they know that uh, I, I, do, I think facts matter and a lot of them don't think facts matter. So anyway, when I'm confronted about systemic racism, I, I, I said, well, I said, okay, a systemic indicates there's a system, indicate there's a connected system of racism. So, so what, what, what is your evidence? Give me your, your lawyers. You're going to be lawyers. What's your evidence of systemic racism? In uh, college admissions, well, no. Uh, minorities, particularly blacks, have affirmative action plans. Um, academic hiring, certainly not. Entertainment. So you go through this whole thing, and, and you end up with two things. The first is you end up with incarceration rates. Well, I point out to them that the FBI statistics are pretty clear that violent crime is primarily crimes committed by young black males and and uh, young Hispanic males uh, to a lesser extent. But 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 it's a but so the incarceration rate you would think would be higher uh, in those age in those uh, racial groups since they're committing the crimes according to the victim's description of who attacked them. And you look at the homicide rate. Um, what's the percentage of young black males being killed by other young black males? It's over 90%. So, you know, what What are they talking about? Uh, I would hope the incarceration rate was, was higher uh, for criminals than for non-criminals or for violent criminals. I mean, obviously the incarceration rate for non-violent criminals, I've never thought that was wise. I thought uh, even for white-collar criminals, I thought heavy fines, heavy uh, financial uh, consequences would be more appropriate. But anyway, that's for another discussion with another time. So systemic racism, well, they end up, aside from incarceration rates, and and you can counter that, or they don't want to hear it, uh, at least my colleagues don't want to hear it, some of my colleagues, about the the, uh, crime statistics. Uh, The other uh, issue is, of course, uh, average income, mean income. And you look at the mean income, and that's for sure. The uh, black Americans uh, have a lower mean income than Asian Americans who are the highest. Non-Hispanic whites are second. Blacks are third. And Hispanics generally are are fourth. So you say, well, that's that's prima facie evidence of of, of racism, of discrimination. Well, no, it's not. (laughs) You've got to say, what line of work what level of education there's there's so many other factors time on the job level of education line of work all affect and if you start correcting or you start uh, uh, I shouldn't say correct and you start counting that you, the, the discrepancies start to disappear even at the highest levels I mean well doctorates well uh, you know a doctorate in physics a doctorate in engineering uh, may may be paying a lot more money than a doctorate in education. And so the question is, uh, if, 
you have a black, a Hispanic, and a white with a doctorate in physics, are they getting and the same uh, uh, time on the job? Are they getting about the same wages? Well, you got to look at that. These are and, and and when you look at those factors, this 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 tremendous discrepancy starts to disappear. And it's not a tremendous discrepancy, by the way, but the discrepancy starts to disappear. And you can look that up. I urge my listeners to go to the Internet. There's so much information available on the Internet and a lot from reliable sources. Uh, a lot of, of course, FBI sources for crime. Pew, uh, PEW, uh, does a lot of surveys on, on cultural issues. Uh, and so there's all sorts of good stuff. Brookings Institute, Cato Institute, they all have... Uh, a lot of information which you can look at and maybe learn something for yourself. Obviously, uh, the mainstream media is not interested in facts, uh, and why not? This is the real question, and this is the next little topic I want to discuss, and that is it seems increasingly that we are dealing with a coup uh, I don't know how many of you have seen Mike Lindell's um, Absolute Proof. Of course, it's been shut down. But a lot of it's convincing. I'm not saying, look, anyone who denies that there's election fraud is is either a liar or, or intentionally blind. Of course, there's election fraud. Democrats are experts on election fraud, particularly. I can remember the, the, the Senate race they stole in Louisiana from Woody Jenkins years ago. The governorship in Washington they stole some years ago. Uh, congressional seats, uh, McIntyre, I think is the name of the congressman, they stole in Indiana years ago. And, of course, Norm Coleman, Franken, uh, they stole the Senate seat from Norm Coleman in, in Minnesota. So on close elections, the Democrats know how to steal. Now, the question is, how did they steal this election? Well, so the first question you ask, was there fraud? Was it widespread? The answer is just, of course. The second question, was there enough fraud or illegal types of voting, including ballot harvesting where that was illegal and stuff of this sort, or violations of, of state law on mail, mail-in ballots? It, was there enough of that fraud and violation of laws? Was there enough of that to switch the election from Trump to Biden? And the question is, the best you can come up with is maybe. And if you believe that is so, can you prove it? And so far, the answer has been no. Now, obviously, Mike Liddell claims he's got the evidence about the actual uh, computer hacking, which switched votes, and maybe he does and maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But my answer has always been, yes, there's lots of, there was lots of fraud. Yes, there was lots of illegal voting. It might have shifted the election. But it's hard to prove in a court of law. Uh, I mean, what you what you know in your heart, what you have a, what you think happened, uh, what you have a, uh, uh, even if you're sure it happened, you've got to have evidence. And, and a court of law wants wants evidence, and that's much harder to come up with uh, if, if things are done cleverly and correctly. And especially since a lot of these mail-in ballots, the the uh, election officials destroyed the 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 envelopes where the signature is. So you can't match them with with the ballot count. How, how do you know which ballot uh, was legally or which ballot was illegally cast or cast in violation of the law? So the answer is that 
I think if you take that and you take the over-representation, the over-reporting of COVID deaths, which for panic was the excuse for a lot of these election irregularities or election law violations, was, well, we, people were too frightened to go to the polls. They need to have uh, their vote counted, and we need to you know, loosen up uh, signature re- requirements. We need to uh, allow all these mail-in ballots, allow us to drop boxes and all that sort of stuff, which, of course, led could lead and probably did lead to a lot, of, a lot more fraud. So you have the COVID-19, and I, look, the World Health Organization is under the pay of the Chinese Communist Party and have been for years. So what they say about where the virus started is baloney. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there now, including from Chinese scientists, at least those who haven't been silenced now by the Chinese Communist government, that uh, the virus escaped from a lab in Wuhan, and uh, that was accidental. And then the Chinese communists decided to spread it around the world in order to uh, uh, to uh, tank the Western uh, economies as much as they could. As part of they became part of a plan for for world domination. And remember, some of this research in the Wuhan lab was being funded. By the United States, Dr. Fauci was in the middle of funding research in, in enhanced capabilities of viruses, and now that was after that was after the um, uh, Obama administration uh, decided that that funding should not be made, and and the Obama break. administration cut off that funding. Uh, are we out of break? Yep. Okay. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Professor Robert D'Agostino with Do Facts Matter? And just start, and I'm talking about the fact that the United States likely has undergone a coup, and a coup that was, let's say, set up by a coincidence of factors. 
including the, the pandemic, COVID-19, and the over-reporting of fatalities, and, uh, and, and the fact that although it, it's best evidence is that it, this virus was uh, escaped from experimentation in a Wuhan lab, Wuhan Chinese lab, uh, partially funded by the CDC, partially funded by uh, Fauci, who uh, funded through the CDC, despite the fact that the Obama administration had uh, ordered that kind of funding stopped because it was dangerous. Something like 300 biologists had petitioned the Obama administration that this was dangerous research and could really cause problems. It did. Fauci continued to allow it to be funded. And I think in the end, uh, it'll, it'll come... Per- I think Dr. Fauci will be recognized sometime down the road, a year from now, five years from now, as an instrumentally a villain in this whole thing. Uh, I mean, one just has to review all the advice he gave or didn't give, all the cover-ups he, he made for the Chinese initially, uh, all the poo-pooing of masks, then masks are required, now masks will be doubled, uh, and all sorts of, uh, uh, obviously covering up his, his role in funding the uh, the, the virus research in the Wuhan lab, and they're coming it up now with the World Health Organization saying, oh, no, it, it couldn't have come from the lab. Well, uh, you know, take a look at where that report comes from and who did it and his connection with this, with the World Health Organization, uh, which is, as I said, heavily funded by the Communist Party. So now we have the Communist Party of China taking advantage of an accident to pers- to further their agenda of world domination, which it clearly is their agenda, and we're going to see that they've uh, uh, Hong Kong. It was uh, you know it's like uh, uh, go back. Uh, uh, Stalin uh, starved seven million Ukrainians to death in the thirties. He did that. He did it on purpose uh, in order to Russify the Ukraine. Uh, his star- th- What he did was, of course, covered up by the New York Times and the. Uh, Durante, the uh, the uh, reporter who covered it up for the Times, uh, got a, a Pulitzer Prize for his uh, lying, and so the Times uh, has got a history of, uh, let us say, misreporting things for ideological reasons. So anyway, um, but that gave Hitler the idea: look, if if the world did not react to seven million Ukrainians dying, men, women, and children, then I could do what I want to do. Uncame the Holocaust. Twelve million people, six million Jews, six million others, uh, died at the hands of the Nazis. I'm talking about civilians, not soldiers. Uh, and uh, but why not? If the world didn't react to starving the Ukrainians, they won't react to what I'm doing. And sure enough, the, at least initially, the New York Times covered up what was going on in Germany with the concentration camps. Look it up; you can find it. Uh, I'm not. Don't believe me? You go look it up. Go back to the archives and see what the uh, Times was saying about uh, the ch- charges of, of Holocaust. So, so anyway, we, what's going on now? Well, China is cracking down on Hong Kong despite the fact that there's international uh, agreements about how China is supposed to govern Hong Kong, and those agreements run for I don't know how many more years, but quite a few more years, and they are, of course, uh, flouting those agreements and doing what they believe. But that's partly a test. A test for what? Who's next? Taiwan, of course. 
and militarizing the China, South China Sea. Uh, they don't have any, they don't believe Biden. Look, if even half of the stuff that's come out about Hunter Biden and, and the Biden family receiving money from the Chinese, Chinese Communist Party, the Chinese business interests are true, uh, China owns the Biden administration, lock, stop, and barrel. So they're not going to interfere with the militarization of the South China Sea. They'll do that. And then after that comes Taiwan. So uh, we will, uh, uh, I don't think uh, Taiwan can exist as a free and independent country. How long they'll last for for four years? Uh, The Chinese Communist Party knows they have uh, a weak president, a president which they have a lot on in terms of corruption. I mean, look, Joe Biden's always been corrupt. I was a senator from from uh, Delaware. and in, in Delaware, we used to call him the senator from Wilmington Trust. He did whatever the bank said to do, and one of his sons was, of course, on the board of Wilmington Trust. So he did what Wilmington Trust wanted. So he's always been, uh, you know, let's say approachable uh, for the right uh, price or, the, or, or for favors to the right members of his family. And and it goes without saying he's a serial liar. He's always been a liar. Uh, I was at the top of my class in law school. No, Joe, you were at the bottom of your class in law school. I have a graduate degree in political science. No, Joe, you don't. I got a award in political science for my brilliance. No, Joe, you never got that award. I marched with the civil rights people. No, Joe, you didn't march with anybody. At least no one ever saw you marching in the civil rights uh, uh, marches in the 60s. I was arrested in, uh, in South Africa trying to see Mandela. No, 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 Joe. Uh, Andrew Young, who was with you, and, and, and a Democratic congressman who was with you, said they have no memory of that, and they don't think that happened. Uh, and the congressman even said, well, you know, Joe likes to exaggerate. Well, of course, Joe did withdraw that one. I was endorsed by the Boilermakers Union in Pittsburgh. No, Joe, they endorsed Trump. Uh, so anyway, it goes on and on and on. A drunk truck driver killed my first wife and child. No, 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 Joe, the truck driver was not drunk. The fault of the accident was your wife's, and the truck driver asked you to quit referring to him as a drunk truck driver, which you eventually did after him, him requesting that you stop it a number of times. Oh, how about the plagiarism? Plagiarism in law school? Plagiarism in your, in your life story? You took a Neil Canuck speech. He was a candidate for prime minister of Great Britain, of the United Kingdom, on the Labor Party. You took his speech, changed every reference to him and his family, to you and your family, had no relationship to your life, but you gave that speech as, as your life, plagiarist. So, so Joe has a long history of dishonesty. He also has a long history of being very approachable. Now we have him in the White House, uh, and certainly there's some indications he's... Uh, not quite uh, 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 whole at this point, cognitively speaking, and who knows who's calling the shots. But anyway, the coup goes on, and the and the coup is, of course, the Democratic Party's in on it because they saw a way to seize power, a little election fraud, uh, getting people panicked over COVID nineteen to attack Trump, and and of course Trump being his own worst enemies. Uh, his own worst enemy, uh, you know, loudmouth and inappropriate uh, commentary at times. Uh, so despite the fact that he really, in terms of achievements, is one of the finest presidents we've ever had, if you just count the achievements and not the rhetoric and not the uh, bloviation, as someone might call it, uh, it, may, it didn't, didn't, didn't matter to the Democrats, that's for sure. And it didn't matter to a good percentage of the American population. 
anyway, so we have a Chinese Communist Party with the same goal as a Democratic Party, and that is a administration, one for the Chinese Communists that would not get in their way, uh, China's way, and for the Democrats, power, and, uh, and that was the main thing. And, and then you have the ultimate player, the Silicon Valley, Facebook, Twitter, Google, and they are in it. Big times, and they're in it. Why? For the money. Yeah, maybe just some cultural things. I've got all these little uh, Ivy League law school graduates who have spent four years being propagandized by their professors who are making the censorship decisions under the uh, watchful guidance of uh, the likes of Zuckerberg and Dorsey and and Sergey Brin and uh, Larry Parker. So you have a... Uh, a real uh, interesting coalition in it for different reasons. Democrats for power, uh, domestic power, the Chinese communists for world power, the Silicon Valley gurus for money and more money. I mean, uh, I mean, after all, Jeff Bezos of Amazon, what does he have? He only has, what, $200 billion? He wants more. I mean, he looks back in history, and history says that in today's terms, Rockefeller had more than $200 billion if it was trans- translated to, to today's terms. Uh, and maybe $300 billion or, or more. So uh, he's, got to, he's got to get another $100 billion. And of, course, uh, uh, he's, and, of course, being the great liberal progressive that he is, he, of course, opposes unionization of his plans. And that, you can look that up, Amazon and unionization. So we have Facebook, Google, Twitter, and Amazon, really, a huge dominant corporation. And they're all looking with longing at the Chinese market. 1.3 billion people. Why not? So we can say that there's a coup. And the coup is about power and money. And although there's no one, let's I don't think anybody orchestrating a conspiracy, they have a co- coincidence of interests which have come together in in what really amounts to a coup. I think there's a good argument, if, if you look at this, that the Democrats not only stole the presidency, and I'm not saying they did, but I'm saying it's possible. Break. Are we up against another break? Yep. Okay. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. I've been our, my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. 
Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Robert D'Agostino with Two Facts Matter, and we're talking about you can build an argument that there has been a coup in this country and, uh, with election fraud uh, as part of the part of the crew, the the uh, panicky reaction or the encouraged panicky reaction to COVID nineteen by uh, certain elements of the country, including the CDC and the World Health Organization, which poo-pooed it at first, has covered up for the Chinese since then. And and it's all about the same thing. It's always all about power and money. People want power over other people. And it's as simple as that. And every single left-wing, uh, every single uh, progressive movement, left-wing movement, utopian, they're all utopian in, in, in basis, and they've always ended up uh, in, uh, attempting to or creating a power elite, and, and also to the detriment of ordinary people. But then again, uh, th- this was written about by a number of, of course, I'm not just talking about George Orwell in 1984 and, and, and the Brave New World, Huxley, uh, also Hayek, uh, Professor Hayek, and his famous book 1948 i think it was road to serfdom where essentially he said that uh, this democratic impulse more and more people will trade the promise of security will trade their liberty for the promise of security and of course in the end they'll get none they'll won't get liberty nor will they get security that's the history of uh, soviet union russia to soviet union history in revolutionary france and in the French Revolution, history in, in Germany, with the Nazi takeover in Germany in the 30s, and and, uh, and it's the history in Venezuela right now, and it will be the history here, uh, because basically, basically, uh, the these elites have nothing but contempt for ordinary folks. So the question: Who works for them? Who do they go to? And let me let me let me throw this out to you. They know their targets. And they take a look at what's their ideal target. Well, they want someone with intelligence. That's important. If they're going to put a leadership position, or they're going to, but it's got to be someone with intelligence that can be manipulated, that could follow through on on what the the leadership group, what the elite group that's now in charge wants them to do. So they pick people out that are intelligent but narcissistic, because they narcissists can be flattered they can be manipulated so intelligent narcissistic with good credentials I, I'm not saying educated it's a difference between getting a Harvard or, or, a, or a Columbia or a Princeton degree and being educated credential is not the same as educated and I suspect that <clears throat> on most college campuses today uh, if, if you're not majoring in football games beer and chasing women or, uh, or sizing up the men for you know possible future uh, mates. If you're a woman, um, you're uh, you're being.
propagandized in your courses uh, relentlessly by the left, not educated. And a good example of someone who's very intelligent, very narcissistic, judged by his speeches and the use of the word I, and highly credentialed, Barack Obama became president of the United States. I don't think anybody would really question Barack Obama's credentials. On the other hand, I wonder if he's ever read a book other than a law book to, for his law exams. I mean, no one's, no one, no one has ever reported seeing him at Columbia when he or, or when he was supposedly an undergraduate getting his undergraduate degree. So his his stay at Columbia is very mysterious. His records are, of course, not available. They're sealed. And uh, who paid his tuition is not clear. Uh, and there are lots of stories about that. But anyway, nevertheless, he graduated from Columbia, apparently without being seen in any class, and went on to Harvard, where he obviously had to do something. And obviously, uh, if, and if you're in law school, you're very intelligent, and you read your cases, uh, you can you can get through law school fine. He, in fact, he even made the law review, and uh, you know he claimed to be the first foreign-born president of the Harvard Law Review. Uh, that's what he claimed. Uh, and um, but he's perfect. He was perfect, intelligent, narcissistic, easy to manipulate, and they made him. He was backed by very shrewd people, people who had worked under Saul Alinsky, people who had taken Clovid and Priven seriously, Columbia uh, sociologists who talked about collapsing the entire economy to take over. So we have uh, a, a target group of future leaders, of future, and they then would, of course, look for more of the same as they moved into leadership positions and to lead positions. But one of the things that is quite apparent is this group, this elite group that has developed over, oh, I suppose a lot of this started with uh, Woodrow Wilson and maybe even Theodore Roosevelt. When Theodore Roosevelt ran as a um, bull moose uh, party, uh, when he tried to come back into the presidency and he formed a third party after the Republicans did not nominate him for a third term. That, that was, it was Roosevelt took over the assassination of McKinley, then he won re-election, and then he said he wasn't going to, you know, serve, he'll serve the two terms and that was it. Taft came in, he didn't like what Taft was doing in certain areas, so he wanted to become president again, and the Republicans didn't give him the nomination, so he ran Bull Moose. Well, the Bull Moose Party and, and Woodrow Wilson were both progressives, the Democrats under Woodrow Wilson and the Bull Moose Party was comedically progressive. And what did that mean? It means essentially that they believed that the country should be a, could be more efficiently run by experts. Decisions should be made centralized. Experts will form all these uh, groups of experts, regulators who would regulate everything and make decisions in conjunction with big business and big unions and big government. We'll all get together and we'll have an efficient government. And that's, a lot of that's where it came from. The centralization of authority, the idea that we can centralize and become more efficient, which of course is nonsense, has been proven. But it's nonsense that's carried through to this day. 
to this day, the Biden administration thinks they can impose this Green New Deal, and that's going to be economically efficient, which is nonsense, that that's going to be decisions that the government will make and, and regulatory agencies, whether the EPA or any SEC, whatever it is, will make, and they'll be more economically beneficial to the country. Well, maybe not economically, maybe just environmentally, you know, whatever it is. They want to make centralize the economic decision-making, and that is a direct descendant of Theodore Roosevelt, the Bulmus Party, Woodrow Wilson, and Franklin Roosevelt. The National Recovery Administration was the same thing. And you say, well, you know, but they've learned. No, they haven't. Uh, <laughs> Lester Thoreau, MIT economist, John Kenneth Galbraith, both were talking about how mo- how efficient the Soviet Union was because they were rational. They made rational decisions. The experts were making decisions. Oh, really? They were they were claiming this in the ni- early 1980s when Ronald Reagan was saying we're seeing the last days of the Soviet Union, and they made fun of Ronald Reagan, who proved to be correct. And that hasn't changed. There still is there's a belief that the experts can run things better than than people making their own decisions, millions of people making their own decisions. That's not to say that some regulation isn't justified. It certainly is, especially if health and health and uh, safety are involved, and some economic regulation. I mean, the idea of the antitrust laws was to was it wasn't price. I mean, Rockefeller's oil monopoly, Standard Oil, which became Esso, and which is now Exxon, um, and but it was split up because Chevron, American Oil, they were all part of Standard Oil at one point. The idea was control or potential control and potential control of the economy and, and the prevention of competition long term would, would cause uh, prices to be set by one company. But, but Rockefeller, he brought the cost of heating your home for ordinary folks way, way down. Kerosene started to heat homes, and people had light at night and heat at night because of Rockefeller. But uh, meanwhile, he was busy making separate deals with the railroads uh, so that uh, competing oil companies uh, could not uh, ship their oil uh, and uh, had to sell out to to, to Rockefeller uh, because because they couldn't stay in business. Uh, So it was about control, not about price. People always think about, oh, monopolies raise the price. Not necessarily. (laughs) They may actually lower the price for a while uh, until they get to complete control. Amazon's a good example. Uh, Uber's a good example. Uh, And and talking about a good example, um, I have, uh, I think I mentioned this article before, and I'm going to mention it again because it's absolutely worth reading if you can uh, access it. And it's an article that was in Harper's Magazine in November. And uh, it's called The Big Tech Extortion Racket. And the subtitle is How Google, Amazon, and Facebook Control Our Lives. And that inspired Barry Lynn. Now, Barry C. Lynn, L-Y-N-N, recently uh, came out with a book. Uh, I can't... uh, I, the, the book, I think, uh, Liberty from All Masters is the name of the book, and I think it's out. It, what, this article was printed, it hadn't yet come out, but I think it's out now. Liberty from All Masters, The New American Autocracy versus the Will of the People. 
So that's that's the name of the book, Liberty from All Masters, The New American Autocracy versus the Will of the People by Barry Lynn. I have ordered the book, and I expect it to be here in any day now because I, I, I did order it when I read that it had finally come out. And I'm going to read it because uh, if it's anything like this article that he wrote, it's going to be quite interesting. Uh, and it also traces the history of this idea that... Uh, Experts should run everything. And, of course, implicit that is contempt for ordinary folks. Uh, and, of course, the left has total contempt for ordinary folks. They have contempt for what they believe. After all, ordinary folks, they may go to church. And, by golly, they may believe that stuff. And, wait a minute, they have guns. And not only to, to, to hunt, they shoot Bambi when they go hunting. And they protect themselves oh you can call the police don't forget when uh, when seconds counts the police are minutes away and so uh, we, we we can't we can't tolerate folks protecting themselves we can't tolerate folks shooting Bambi and not only that there's a lot of ordinary folks that may actually be smoking cigarette now snorting cocaine that's perfectly okay but smoking cigarettes oh no can't have them do that and ordinary folks may actually believe in marriage, a lot of them, may believe that same-sex marriage is a, is a sin under biblical morality. And they have all these antiquated beliefs, and we, we can't have that. We can't have those people running the country. And not only that, they voted for Trump. I mean, we need to send them to the gulag, right? They need to go for the gulag. Oh, these Trump voters, oh, off to the gulag. Uh, I'm old, so, you know, I figured that by the time they get around to me, Hello. they'll take a look at me and say, ah, oh, you're so old, you're not long for this world, we don't have to bother with you. Um, but anyway, it's very interesting, this article, The Big Tech okay. Extortion Racket, uh, and, you, and uh, he points out the, the control, you talking about control, in the middle of the 19th century, you had the railroads and the telegraph, which were kind of were monopolies, really, developing... And uh, as he points out, these expensive and complex networks were built across vast areas of land and required large teams of people to operate. This made the earlier solution to monopolies disillusion impossible. And uh, so, what, what are the so these monopolies exploited their control over an essential service in order to extort money and sometimes political favors. The system of discrimination made between individuals is the most serious evil connected with our present methods of railroad management. And that's a quote from Yale professor Arthur T. Hadley in 1885. And he went on to say, same professor, differences are made which are sufficient to cripple all smaller competitors and concentrate industry in a few hands. Uncontrolled. Uh, now, the government reacted to that with certain economic uh, uh, Sherman A. Trust Act, Commerce Act of 1887, and they reacted to that, that stuff. And one of the big problems is the libertarians, libertarian movement, really opposed economic uh, uh, regulation. They didn't, health and safety. They, they, they came to grips with that and came to accept some anyway. But the 
real libertarian. We had two libertarians on the faculty at one point here at John Marshall Law School. And uh, <laughs> I was in a debate with one of them who pointed out how much further left I was than he was and how much more I believed in regulation. Well, <laughs> most regulation I don't believe in, but health and safety I actually do, and regulation directed at at not allowing one or two or three companies or cartel to form to control an industry. Now, it's true that antitrust enforcement went too far for a while. I mean, I can remember uh, antitrust stop uh, uh, Justice Department opposed the merger of two beer companies, Pabst and Blatt's. And why? Because they would control over 5.5% or 5.5% of the beer market. Now, come on, folks. <laughs> they opposed that merger, and neither one of those companies are, is, is in business today. And the beer business is dominated 80% by uh, Coors and uh, their partners and uh, a Brazilian firm, which includes uh, InBev, which includes Budweiser. So uh, there is a there was a reaction to that. But I think the reaction went too far. The reaction concentrated on uh, efficiency and price instead of control issues. And I think the initial antitrust acts, the initial Commerce Act of 1887, was mostly concerned with control, which brings us to the big tech extortion racket. Because if ever there were control, control of virtually everything you hear, everything you know, and even everything you buy. And this article points out that you know, these companies collect information on you. Uber. Uber has different charges for different people based upon their perceived uh, uh, money, their perceived uh, wealth. So I suddenly start getting higher Uber wage uh, prices for, for short trips after I used Uber when I went to Orlando. And instead of renting a car, I used Uber all over Orlando, which went there for a funeral and not not, not for a vacation. And uh, I had maybe four or five Uber trips. And uh, so when I get back from that, Orlando, uh, and I took my uh, trip to the uh, MARTA station, with those are not sky like uh, Atlanta's uh, version of the subway, uh, suddenly... I, the, the charges were substantially higher. Now, I, I have to say that I felt the initial charges were low, and I actually in, asked one of the Marta, one of the Uber drivers, how could he possibly make money with with the um, with the cost being that low? And of course, I gave him a, a tip, obviously. And uh, he said, "Yeah, it's it's tough." Well, when I got back, I thought the cost had really gone up quite a bit, and not that it was unreasonable, but it was kind of why did the cost go up? Cost went up because they have a a uh, file on me and say I can afford to pay higher than other people, and that's true all over the place. Look, they uh, there's an interesting story in here, an interesting um, recitation here uh, about uh, what uh, what happened and how Uber got to dominate the market, and they were how they were backed by uh, Japan's uh, what's called SoftBank, investment bank in Japan, and Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund. And they gave Uber enough money that they could operate at a loss until they dominated the market. Uh, 
And as the article says, absent common carrier rules, that's the Commerce Act of 1887, which says everybody's got to be treated the same, Uber's losses are free, or Uber, excuse me, Uber's bosses are free to favor some drivers with more rides and disfavors others with fewer for whatever reason they choose. They are free to pay some drivers more per mile than others for whatever reason they choose. They can make some drivers travel further than others to earn the same fare, and they can pay a particular driver at a certain rate one day and a different rate the next. They have even adopted techniques typically used in video games to more effectively manipulate their drivers. Uber's bosses are also free to do the same thing to riders. In a statement admitting to price discrimination, Uber implied that its goal is to charge richer people more for the same level of service. The corporation's pricing system is designed to determine how much the people in a particular region are willing to pay, then charge accordingly. So they have a real good analysis. It goes on much further than that, obviously, which I'm not going to read. Um, then you have... Uh, it's... Uh, they talk about Google. Now, this is kind of interesting. Google operates, appears highly complex, but the corporation's business model can be boiled down to three simple steps. First, Google assembled a cluster of information manipulation platforms and tied them together. In-house engineers created a better search engine and a slicker email service. But after the corporation went public in 2004, it promptly set out on the greatest acquisition spree in history, buying up more than 200 other companies. These deals made Google the dominant player in mobile phones, operating systems, mobile phones, web browsers, artificial intelligence, etc., etc., etc. And then it learned how to organize and synthesize everything. Uh, and they went on, on and on about how Google manipulates all of us, how manipulate the source of information. So again, I urge my listeners to get a copy of that article or certainly get Barry Lynn's book Barry C. Lynn L-Y-N-N the book again is Liberty from All Bastards the New American Autocracy versus the Will of the People now let me just parenthetically say as far as I know Barry Lynn is a liberal democrat it doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's doing it may mean that he's not connecting the dots completely and saying it's time to leave the, the democratic party which has become a totalitarian party but we'll see I mean, I'm, uh, you know, you have a career, you have the book publishers uh, are now censoring conservative authors, and so you have, uh, you have to watch out for your career if you even suggest you might even be a Republican, let alone a conservative, and a Trump supporter. Oh, my goodness, that's it. That's, there's no greater crime in, in the eyes of uh, the, the left than, than, than having voted for Trump, which means there's like 75 million people in this country that need to be punished. And if you listen to the talking heads on CNN and MSNBC, uh, yeah, they really do think that all Trump supporters need to be re-educated. Or as Christine Rosen said in a commentary article some time back, you shall be re-educated. And uh, that re-education 
not only will they decide what you can say, where you can work, who you can associate with, but what you can think. And that's where they're on now, what you can think. What you can say, you say a lot of things you can't say anymore. I mean, you can't, you can't keep your job in some places if you say you don't think same-sex marriage is a good idea. You can't, you, 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 you can't stay in a job if you, if you have a biblical view of what is sinful and what's not sinful. You can't keep your job. By definition, Christian beliefs are hate, beliefs are hate speech. Christian beliefs lead to hate speech. Therefore, you better not express them. Well, um, I, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what can be done. Uh, certainly, in the short term, we're going to be suffering greatly from the Biden administration, at least those of us who 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 who, who, <coughs> who uh, are in favor of free speech, who, who have to support a family and can't, can't risk saying the wrong things. And sooner or later, not only will people start not saying unacceptable things as defined by the left, they'll start changing their thought processes. How many people are convinced that there really is systemic racism in this country, which is nonsense? There isn't. I mean, just look around you. Look look at the, your eyes. The success of uh, American blacks, uh, Asians particularly, who get the highest average income is um, uh, Asian Americans. Um, and look around. I look around academia. You can't get a job in academia in most places if, if you're uh, a white male. Right away, you're at disadvantage. Uh, so... Yeah, if you want to say there's racism, yeah, sure. If, if you're in the sense that you're judging people by the color of their skin or their perceived race, and I say perceived race because genetics tells a slightly different story about uh, who is genetically uh, tied with whom and uh, what group you belong to. My listeners are interested to call haplotypes. Haplotypes are, are sets of connected genes that are inherited you can have Y haplotypes inherited through the male line. You can have uh, mitochondrion haplotypes that are inherited through the female line. And you can look those up and uh, start deciding, uh, you know, history. And a lot of, of course, what uh, goes on on TV and these things, Ancestry.com and 23Ancestry and those kinds, are based upon genetic markers. And um, so if there weren't different genetic groups different and, and they're very slightly different I mean I think the estimate I saw is 150 ethnic groups that can be identified by certain genetic markers that does not mean there's 150 races uh, the number of races if you want combinations of haplotypes is a matter of uh, dispute and is a matter of uh, argument and insofar as you, you, it's based on skin color it's, it's largely inaccurate so uh, you know uh, there's Eastern people with Eastern African descent uh, seem to be in certain ways genetically more similar to Southern Europeans than people of Western African descent. So, you know, I don't know. The answer is there's a lot of studies going on, but now in, in the atmosphere we have now, scientific studies are unacceptable if they if they uh, sub certain people's toes. You know, certain people don't like them, they don't get uh, published. And they cost you your job. So unless you're a tenured uh, professor uh, and 
fairly prominent. If you say the wrong thing, you're, you're out on your ear. Uh, now, what's going to happen at John Marshall Law School? I don't know. So far, uh, no sign that we've gone completely woke. Uh, obviously, we have uh, certain fact- faculty members here are, uh, you know, what would be called woke. But we also have uh, a pretty solid group of faculty here that believe in free speech, believe that uh, you can discuss ideas and decide. And, you know, and the students here are, are I would take our, our students, g- give me our students over the uh, Harvard Law School students in terms of their realistic view of the world, in, in terms of their tolerance for other people and for difference in views. And we have a, a student by that, I don't know, 35, 40% African-American, American blacks, as I, I call them, or they sometimes call themselves. And I, they're a very pleasant group of students. I, I, they're, they're fun to talk to. They're fun to, to uh, debate sometimes. Uh, they're fun to exchange ideas. Uh, and uh, and they work hard. A lot of them work very hard. I mean, they, they understand that they, uh, you know, not Harvard Law School material, thank goodness, and that uh, so that their road life will mean more hard work, and they also understand, and I've urged them that preparation, read everything, and prepare, 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 and preparation is more important than anything else. You can be, and I tell them stories about uh, very impressive uh, attorneys, and I have seen in court that uh, dynamic who lose the case. They lose the case to the attorney on the other side who's well-prepared, and the, the jury listens to the well-prepared attorney. They may be entertained by the dramatic attorney, and I told two cases, two, two cases I was witnessed where that exact thing happened. The attorney on one side was wonderful. Oh, dramatic. The, Time the, to the go. client was very excited. He lost. Is that it? That's about it. Okay, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll... Have a show next Friday. I have a speaker lined up. Let's hope he uh, uh, agrees to, uh, continues to agree to appear. Although it's dangerous now if you're a conservative. Very dangerous. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.